0: Welcome to the 4th Officials Podcast. I am your host, Tom Miller, here with Ken Lee and James Lewis. The prodigal Uh,
1: son returns.
0: (laughs) As Arsenal wins (laughs) 3-0, Dr. Pete is having a corporate uh, meeting at like 9 p.m. or something. So um, I don't know what Uh, happens there in the colorectal community at 9 p.m., but I I I think promise you it's not good. What
1: happens at a colorectal corporate event? That runs late. Sounds <laughs> like that.
2: someone's having some fun. <laughs> you think they <laughs> yeah, just Someone share,
0: They share x-rays of foreign bodies that they have removed? They just try think, to one-up each other? I think that's
1: probably on the tame end of the spectrum.
0: Yeah, I would, I would allow agree with it. that. That's the opening slide of the meeting. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So, a really emotional week, um, I think. As Ken, you ended on a high... Um, I thought the Liverpool-Man-United game had a lot of emotions in it. Um, I think that the Man City match had emotions in it because it was like crescendoing. I think that mm-hmm. City is starting to really pick up. They figured out their identity, and they're mm-hmm. starting to pick up points. And Vegas knows it because City has dropped almost a 1-2 to two to win the league, even though they are not in first place right now. Um, and they've been there for a few weeks, and Liverpool has dropped into fourth, but uh Klopp is playing up the fact that you know they're in they're just trying to finish in the Champions League yeah, He's races. pulling the old
1: he's pulling the old Wenger. It's a uh it's a win if we finish in fourth place.
0: Yeah, trying to lower expectations on a sputtering Liverpool offense. Um I have a lot to say about the Liverpool Man United game. We're gonna get to that. Um and I also think that there was some interesting things that happened with uh all the other teams that are within like six points of first place. Uh, Chelsea is heavily rumored to to be um, considering firing Frank Lampard, which, mm-hmm. you know, we knew that. If you listen to the pod, you would know that too. That Tuchel you, uh, knocking on the door. Tuchel knocking on the door. I think it'll be Allegri. Um, but, I mean, the thing is, Chelsea Twitter's spazzing, but Vegas isn't. He's still third or fourth in line in the sack race as the manager most likely to lose his job next. Um, Steve Bruce leading the way. I had forgotten, you know, I watched that Newcastle-Arsenal game today, Ken, and I had forgotten how much, like, one of the Lord of the Rings orakai Steve Bruce looks like. He looks like the orakai removed their makeup, you know, like, with a, with a pad, and that's what he looks like. Like, it is just, like, like you chiseled him out of rock, and you, you missed. You, like, dropped it halfway through. <laughs> the is man your- is under <laughs>
2: enough pressure without you mocking his <laughs> looks
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. So as usual, when we have multiple games in a week, we are going to just go team by team and go over their two games for the week. Um, and I think that works in this case, in terms of something being interesting, because United, James Lewis, grab a win at the slog at Burnley, a huge win that I was ecstatic about, because I hate playing Burnley. You, you, were, pretty, playing Burnley. you were
1: pretty pissy during that whole game, too. It, I was. That's, I what, that's what playing, playing Burnley does to you. Yeah, it's it That's what it does to you.
0: I was I was angry and I don't apologize for it because it was such a (laughs) sloggy game. Uh, The winner comes from the wantaway Paul Pogba, which I'm sure you guys know is the most dangerous version of Paul Pogba. Um, Besides French national team Pogba, which is also a really good version. Most of the other versions are are not that great. But when Mm -hmm. Paul Pogba wants to leave a team, he is just the absolute man. And he's been really good, actually, for the last uh, pretty much since his agent said that he wanted to leave. So he wins the game with a nice volley, Um, big, big win for United. Just a one zero against Burnley. But James, you know what it means to beat Burnley.
1: Well, it's just like, you know, because when when you're in the game, the Mm -hmm. frustration is building and building and building and building. And, you you know, the camera is snapping, (laughs) is panning over to Sean Dyche, you know, every five minutes and he's sitting there chewing on whatever Worms. What is it that he's, he's chewing to on? dig out of worms. <laughs> the pen top, I think.
0: Earthworms.
1: Earthworms that he's fingered with his fat little fingers. He's stuck them down into the turf or whatever stadium they're playing. The turf more is fertile ground. And he's just with his grubby little fat sausage fingers. He's just reaching in and plucking out worms, putting them right into his ugly face.
0: Welcome and that back, sums up.
1: And that sums up Burnley as a whole, really, the club and the town.
0: At Three Beards Pod for our Twitter handle, you can get directly to James. (laughs) Go ahead, Kevin. uh,
2: I have been listening to the podcast while in my absence of overall just hating soccer. And I I will say the one consistent from this podcast is the forever hate that James Lewis has for
1: Burnley. So. (laughs) Mm
0: Yeah, I don't yeah. I don't want to talk too much about this game because I feel like we'd be giving Burnley but, too much credit.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. But but to go back to your question, that frustration is building the whole game. And then when there is finally a goal, it's just this just relief washes over you in an awesome wave. <laughs> and you just sit there and you bask in it because there it's it's like it's like facing your going up against Burnley, because they're not, you know, they're whatever, they're Burnley you you have to face your own demons when you play mm-hmm. against Burnley, Burnley and you're vanquishing those demons on the field. And it's a very cathartic thing.
0: Yeah. And and it does feel like I'm not going to lie with most other bad teams. When you play them and you score your first goal, your first thought is I need to score another goal. So they don't score on like a, a crappy corner kick or something. But with Burnley, it doesn't feel like that. It's like, okay, we got the goal. And Burnley actually had a few shots late, but I, I, I never really felt like they were going to score. And I do feel a lot of times when it's one zero and you and you pack it in, I you know you got your anxiety and everything. But with Burnley, like you get your goal at the slog, and it's like, all right, like they they don't have it, and and they had good they had good opportunities, but the skill the players the other that they had taking
1: those opportunities, yeah,
0: yeah, the Chris Woods and you know like the most generic, you get, it's like it's like David Stone and like you know yeah. got guy, guys like that. Well, Um, they
1: have the one, they have the one guy, Vidro or whatever, but, but, but that's probably like Smith or Stone from, you know, Eastern Europe. Yeah. (laughs) And he just was like, if I feel like you could have almost any other player on the end of the opportunities he had, and they were at least troubling the goal. Yeah. He just skied everything that came his way.
0: Yeah. And I, I like, honestly, I wasn't worried about it. Once you get the goal at Burnley, you're usually, I mean, you're fine. You honestly are. Right. I don't think they're coming back. I don't want to talk about that game anymore. We can go right to Manchester United, Liverpool. We probably should just start with that, honestly. Um, I really want to hear, Ken, your thoughts on this game and then James yours, and then I'll tell you mine. So we'll start with you, Ken, 0-0 zero, zero draw. Uh, what'd you think of the game and what it means on the overall table?
2: Uh, I think for a while it was looking as though um, United were actually lucky if you take bits of the game throughout. So you can take a bit of the first half, a bit of the middle, a bit of the, the first half of the second half, and a bit of the last and just say, United's pretty lucky to get away with a draw here. But at the same time, it's like, so is Liverpool too. So this could just be one of those ones. I wouldn't call it a game where neither team wanted to win because there were, chances I mean for a while it was all Liverpool all the time can't score a goal and if it wasn't for the lack of just like just terrible finishing on United's end I mean you could have left with a point with three points there but in terms of the table I think that that's where the midweek Burnley game really makes makes the difference because it's going to come down to the team that loses to those terrible teams Mm -hmm. midweek or just like on a random, like after some international break that FIFA's just decided is the most important thing on the planet.
0: Yeah, the Burnley part, I agree with. Uh, I think that that result is huge. That's why I was so excited about it. Um, all right, James. So what did you think about the Liverpool-United match? And I think going into this, you had said Liverpool is more likely to challenge for the title and is a better team than United. So you were kind of like, if Man United win, that, that's fine for you.
1: Yeah, but but I also I also kind of rescinded or amended that comment closer to the game time, and I said actually I have to I have to hope for a draw here, um, a draw, and and it turned out I think to to work out. I think it'll work out in the long term. I think the draw was demoralizing for Liverpool and and a little bit uplifting for United. Obviously it was at Anfield, no fans. So it's, that's not really the statement that it always is, but, but the way that the way that the two teams battled to this draw was very different. You know, uh, Liverpool started out, I think they started out playing pretty intense, like they usually do. But what became quickly apparent was the lack of just the, that the lacking the spark that they normally have in attack with Salah and firmino firmino and, and mane um you know sala is look and i said this in the chat too like the liverpool's recent problems i think are down to a couple things one they don't have a deep bench they're dealing with some injury issues two like in the past where Salah would look electric on the ball and then finish off whatever he created uh, now he's still looking good on the ball, but in front of goal he's looking hopeless unless it's a penalty. I mean, he'll still smash a penalty in, but he's putting chances <laughs> over the top. He's you know doing all those things right. Whereas Mane almost looks out of control. Uh, uh, he looks um, out of control at times on the ball, but he'll he's the one that they're more relying on to actually finish a chance now. But neither one of them are, and Firmino's is just sitting there doing nothing. So, like, their attack is really kind of petering out here, and I think it it has to do a lot with energy levels, thin bench, you know, completely disrupting their midfield. And and I think that showed as this game went on. You got the half, like in the beginning, I thought, okay, Liverpool might score. By the end of the half, I was like, I, you know, it's going to be a lot of work for Liverpool to get, uh, to get a goal. And 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 then I thought that United's uh, counterattacks and the way United was attacking, it looked like they were going to get a goal out of it. And I think that. United will be happy with a draw, but they could have could have gone with more, maybe. Could have done more. And Liverpool will be very unhappy with a draw, but happy that it wasn't worse.
0: Yeah. I think especially since Liverpool... I mean, if you look at the teams they've, they've played against in the last six or seven Prem matches, they drew Fulham, they drew West Brom, they drew uh, Newcastle. Like, that is horrible. Yeah. Uh- uh, they lost to Southampton. That's all within the last five prem matches. Like they are really skidding right now, and everything that James you just said about Salah is definitely true. I keep seeing him get through and be on the penalty marker with nobody. He's through. Like if there's a through ball. He's alone, mm-hmm. and then he he puts the ball wide of the frame. Like he's yeah. not even hitting the frame right now. And I remember reading the quote this morning, and Salah said, "I 100 want to live, want to stay in Liverpool. It's up mm-hmm. to the to the club now," which is a really almost like manipulative way of saying uh i want more money i want them <laughs> to pay me more but i'm mm-hmm. saying it's them because well, he probably uh, yeah. wants 300 he, he wants to be paid i mean he's been one of the best players in the for the last three years he wants to be paid like kdb he wants to be paid like uh who else is up there i can't say to hey i refuse
1: it is, De
2: but, you
0: know, but De Gea is a top earner and a top earner in the Prem. That's what Salah wants. He wants to be paid yeah. 350 375 He better get to
2: work if that's what he wants. Because if they're going to be negotiating a contract off of his current form, he's not well, really a scary
0: player.
1: Well, I mean, according to you guys, though, you know, he's already been the best player in the world for years now.
0: Best player. If you hear if you, hear, you guys talk the, about it. But, but he has been one of the best players in the Prem for the last, three years. I mean, that's not, you can't really argue against that with his goal contributions per 90. I mean, he's up there with Aguero and those kind of guys. Like he's, he's like second or third in the list. Yeah. So, but I, I think mean, we're seeing a lot more pens the... than, than there have been yes. in the past, but I mean, well,
1: a lot of those goals are pens uh, not to, you know, but again, electric player. And on his day, he was finishing those goals. But if a part of that game drops off, you, you want it to probably be the other half. If you want, you want it to be the, OK, you look like an electric player when you're dribbling. I'd rather have the guy finishing the ball, you know, of and, course, and if that part of his game goes away, it's the same as he was in at Fiorentina, same as he <laughs> was at Roma.
0: That's, a, that's, a, that's it. I, I, I mean, that's true. I mean, he's been a lock for 20 goals. Um, and the thing is, I think Mane has been a better player, like you just said, yep. over the last probably year, right? I've said that from um, the
1: beginning. I've said that from yeah, the beginning. I mean, now, I've always been Salah. right, but I've said but I've said that Mane is Mane looks like a much more dangerous player, I think. He looks like a much yeah. better player than Salah does.
0: His ability to shield the ball for considering his size is is pretty amazing. Um I was I, I like to read Liverpool Twitter. I like to read all the fan twitters, but especially Liverpool to see what they saw and the, initially they were talking about um They talk a lot about possible penalties in games. They talked about it in Southampton. They were saying there should have been a bunch of penalties in the Southampton match. They saw a couple in this match as well that nobody else saw. But overall, (laughs) they are now in fourth place. As soon as they dropped into fourth place, and it's what, by like a point? Um, Mm -hmm. As soon as they dropped into fourth place, the narrative has changed. It has changed from, you know, Firmino puts in a good shift uh you know no one else all can right do they all does. hate Firmino now they are hating on Firmino, and he has been bad his shots yeah. have been bad um their build-up play has been okay um in this match you know you they totally put united under siege for the first 40 minutes i thought uh united squeaked out a chance in there but they were under siege i mean like to the point where the ball was in in their third um tiago was spraying the ball around it it's almost impossible to overstate Thiago's ball striking ability and his passing range it is really something if you watch it in a vacuum that is one of the most fantastic things you can watch in football um but really this match to me james came down to how good fabinho is at playing center back mm-hmm. i mean he's playing back there with uh jordan henderson and he by himself stifled Two counterattacks with Marcus, Marcus Rashford running at the front of them and uh, Cavani running on the left. He stifled Dude, he both took of them.
2: Rashford to the corner flag on that. He, he it was, was ridiculous.
0: unbelievable. And I think yeah. that Fabinho is what's keeping them in this title race because Trent Alexander Arnold was poor. He got, I don't know if you guys have seen the, the clip of Martial running circles around him. Oh, there was he, a, was he megged him too. He, he megged, megged him. him yeah. Yeah. And, and he, he knew he found... was megging him. Go ahead, Ken.
2: I think he's actually
0: too. Over the last like couple of weeks,
2: he's putting a lot of unnecessary pressure on on that back line because he still thinks he's TAA of last year, and he is attacking so high up, like he should be, and like he's told to do, like he used to be able to do. But he's so loose on the ball now. Yeah, he's losing it almost every single time, whether it be a pass or a cross, or just dribbling it into the defender and losing it. And now they're. They're getting countered, so they're kind of lucky they have these makeshift center backs that are saving them week in, week out because their attack is not
1: there. Well, I think that those issues always were kind of there, but they had VVD at the back to shore it all up. And Fabinho is is a hugely talented player. When they bought him from... Monaco, I think he was in that Monaco team. Yeah, the
0: Mega Monaco team with
1: Mendy, Bernardo Silva himself, a couple of uh, Mbappe, Mbappe that, right? that beat yep. City in that Champions mm-hmm. League game a few years back, and the, mm-hmm. all of those main players out of that team got a move. Yeah, um, but Fabinho was play, was splitting time in that team between right back and and DM and center back. He played all three of those positions throughout the season. I mean, and I think like it, it speaks a lot. I mean, he's he is supremely talented, a great player, annoyingly good.
0: Yeah, I, I think that Fabinho is such a difference maker to them right now. And and I mean, if I'm Liverpool, if I'm a Liverpool fan, yes, I would have liked to win there. But I mean, you came within a, you know, one Paul Pogba shot. And granted, that could be that could be a loose thing to say. But the fact that uh, Bruno missed from 12 feet away, it was a terrific save from Allison But at the same time, like, you figure he sticks that eight out of ten times, and would probably sticks his, like, five or six out of ten. I mean, you were really close to losing three points. I think United, in the second half, were beating Liverpool, and they had more chances, better chances. And overall, I think United should have won three points. And the fact that we didn't is kind of indicative of the fact that we are not ready yet, Manchester United to win a title. Um, And I think that that, that's a good segue actually into Manchester city who with their identity change this year actually is what makes them um, such a great title contending team. James, unless you guys have anything else to add about the United match, we'll move to city. Let's do it. All right. So Manchester city this week, um, they beat Brighton, which is that one zero win that we were just talking about United getting uh, earlier in the week, not a lot to say about it. They got the win though, in against a, a team that packs it in Phil Foden, who's been great this year for you guys. Um, and then again, building on the back line, which is the new identity of Manchester City, is not allowing any goals. And they didn't, they haven't allowed a goal, I think, in what four matches? They've, they've won f- five. Um, oh, no, they allowed a goal to, uh, to Chelsea. Um, yeah, at uh, the
1: end of that game. That was lame
0: a lame a lame goal. But uh it has been four matches, and the last time they mm-hmm. allowed one was against Chelsea. Uh one zero, three zero, and then four zero against Palace. Um I mean it seems like a small deal to beat Palace and Brighton, but that that to Ken's point earlier, that's how you win titles is by smoking those teams. And now you have uh Diaz who's in great form, and then John Stones, who's probably in the form best form of any player in the Prem right now, as he scores twice on Palace.
1: Definitely the form of his life, I would say. But it's been, uh, I mean, it's pretty crazy to think, and I, I saw this, uh, this stat posted. The one year ago, uh, and it was almost to, the, almost to the day, it was close. We played Crystal Palace, uh, and he had maybe one of the worst games of his life. <laughs> and we lost that game. I'm on a, uh, I think it was the Andros Townsend like wonder worldy strike.
0: <laughs> I hate Andros Townsend yeah. wonder strikes. <laughs> yeah. I really I do. Cause what happens is he hits one and then you have to deal with the narrative of why is Andros Andres Townsend not on a big team? Why is he not yeah. in the English setup? What is this the goal of the season? He does it like once every eighteen months, and I have to deal with that. I hate that. They
1: actually they actually called this one a contender for goal of the decade. God, see. Uh, But those are the (laughs) announcements. But anyway, but so yeah. So fast forward a year later, and he scores twice. uh, With at like maybe the height of the form of his life right now, uh, Mm -hmm. just looking completely changed and revitalized, and it's it's a it's a cool story, but. It's interesting that it took getting Diaz in, and what a lot of people are saying is that Diaz is just like probably the most vocal guy on the pitch. He's talking to everybody at all times, and and it sounds like uh, you know we had Laporte in there before, and Laporte was a great has been a great defender for us in his own right too. But you can tell much more silent, just just kind of doing his job. And Stones is also not not talking much on the on the pitch if you ever watch him. Uh, so having that defensive leader, and this that was a lot like Company was, I think, just talking and directing people all the time, and it's something I think we have needed in our defense since since Company left. So it's been a huge change for us. Uh, best uh, tied best goal differential in the league right now, uh, and we are lowest goals allowed in the league. Um,
0: yeah, by and a lot. And there's also that one thing. Game in hand.
1: And we have, a, and we are two points behind United with a game in hand. Game in hand. Yeah. That's
0: right. Yeah, and United. I think uh, Dr. Pete broke this up, but they, you guys don't really play too many talented teams. I mean, you, you do have Villa on Wednesday. That that's your talented team you're playing against. But Villa might, I mean, they're going to have starters. Are they still in like COVID protocol?
1: We don't. Um, people aren't sure who's back and who's still yeah. outstanding. Uh, and, so, and... It, I mean, yeah, that could be that could be bad for them.
0: And then, as per usual, uh, your FA Cup draw is a joke. You play Cheltenham, um, and then <laughs> yours uh, is a joke too. Isn't it Liverpool?
1: Yeah, <laughs> <It's> not- <laughs> no. uh,
0: we-, we can't sit Bruno. We're gonna run him into the ground. Then you play West Brom, Sheffield, who are horrible. Um, the
1: slog after Burnley,
0: that. and then Liverpool, Man City game, Tottenham, Arsenal. Wow, look at that stretch.
1: Yeah, that's the stretch, and then a Champions League game right after that. So, so yeah, we, I mean, back. that's. Yeah, when we were talking about we were talking about this on the last pod, uh, it was what I you know one I predicted that we come out of this stretch of games uh, with eight victories. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight. Oh. Yeah, yeah, and we're we are halfway there now, or did I start at Chelsea? So we're more than halfway there. Yeah. Anyway, Chelsea, United, Birmingham, Brighton. Anyway, these are teams that we we should be beating. Um, the villa the villa game is going to be tough, and I said that in the game too. But we should look to come out of this stretch, you know, ending at Burnley. We we want to have won all of those games. Yeah, on, without question. impressive. And if, we, and if we do that, I mean, one, I mean, we need we needed to do that to get back into the title picture. We are doing it right now. We need to keep on this path, um, especially with Liverpool looking uninspired. Um we gotta keep pace with United.
0: Yeah, okay. I mean, I guess the thing that sticks out most to me is that Manchester City, aside from Sunday where they won 4-0, they 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 haven't been smoking these bad teams. Mm-hmm. But and this goes to you, Ken, I mean we have a new identity at Manchester City. Uh Pep is is flexing a little bit of his managerial muscle just proving that he just doesn't need to have rock and roll football like Klopp does, but that he can also build wins um, out of a strong defensive showing. Um, Ken, do you think that's acceptable if you're, you know, the city hierarchy where you paid all this money for all this attacking talent, do you think that they sit in the boardroom and they're like, ah, like we're not, we're not winning games or it doesn't matter at all. We'll win any way we can, and then after the season we'll go buy, you know, forwards this time instead of buying a bunch of defenders.
1: Are you,
2: are you talking short-term or ultimate long-term of the future short, of Pep short- able to stay? Yeah, I think short-term, City takes the title. However they get it, because it's COVID, and they're going to want to win anyway. Anyway they can. Long-term, I think he needs to bring in a Champions League title, or else they ultimately will fire him no matter how many titles he brings to City.
0: Hmm. I'm not sure I agree with that. I think if he keeps winning I titles, just agree too. I think they'll keep giving him chances. And I think that this is actually the scary part is, I think this might be the down cycle for City uh, where they're going to drop in and probably win a title with like 83 points. And then they're going to rev back in um, and pick up, you know, elite talent in the summer when nobody else has any money, but oil prices are going up. So they have a Absolutely. lot of money. <laughs> it's, not so they, oil, it's not an oil kingdom. Okay. Okay. Whatever you say. Uh, and I mean, I think what I really want to know is how Dr. Pete got into this this chat. Um, I thought we had some security up, but it seems like he dropped in just in time to add his two cents about whether or not City uh, long term are going to care how they win.
3: Just in time, baby. Uh, I think City. Well, first of all, they're never going to fire Pep
1: thank you that's right that's the right I mean, answer it, it makes made that no clear
3: like you don't unless he like comes in 14th 3 years in a row like they're not going to fire pep but i i do think there are certain expectations they have and they'll be very disappointed in pep and they'll like come out and say that you know they're not happy with what's happening but pep would leave by then anyways so yeah it's kind of a moot point but i think that i think that winning the league is the standard for them and if they don't do that it's a failure and and then champs league they have to try and keep advancing further and further winning champs league is so hard i mean it's well, so hard to do
1: hold on you got because you guys are missing the narrative that tom is trying to create because tom's <laughs> question was actually does it matter how they win titles his question was yeah, oh, I okay, said no, right. I don't think it does. That's a stupid yeah. question. Not yeah, thank you, I appreciate that. Thank
3: you.
0: <laughs> uh, I don't think that it will matter, and I don't think they will um, ever fire Pep. It will be when he decides that he wants to leave and try another project. That is when he will leave. Uh, I hope it's tomorrow, That's but true. it won't be. <laughs> it won't be. Um, and I think City is Vegas' favorites 1-2, uh, to two, I believe, to win the title. I think Liverpool who was walking on the sharpened knife, uh, they are they are not I wouldn't say they're fading. I just say that the that that the things that made them win all those games, those little moments, they're not happening right now. And that may not matter over the span of like a whole season because you're still gonna get good results, but it does matter when it's six, seven games in a row during the the, the, the you know, a difficult season like this. So Uh, Let's actually move right to Liverpool from there. We'll we'll get to Leicester in a minute because Leicester is actually above Liverpool. But, I mean, we already talked about the Man United-Liverpool match. Um, We talked about Liverpool's form over the last, really, month where they've been drawing West Brom, Newcastle, teams like that. They drew Manchester United in a game that, like, I think Ken, who is mostly non-biased, his idea that either team would be disappointed with not coming away with three points because they had chances. Um it's probably fairer than mine, where I think that United should have had three points. Um, but overall, I guess we'll start with Dr. Pete, since he's in here now. Um, what do you think about Liverpool, their scoring problems, whether or not that's connected to Salah, their depth, whatever it is, that is making them um, drop back in the title race to the point where Klopp is saying, you know, he'll take fourth.
3: I think it's it's a whole bunch of different things. Perfect storm all coming together at once. And to me, it starts with, losing van dyke and gomez and then you have to shift your best center midfielders back into those spaces and it just creates so much pressure and tension on the rest of the the team so that they can't operate the way they were before you know the two outside backs are so much less effective yeah they really are they don't have the cover that they had before they could just bomb forward and do whatever they wanted. And now their defensive frailty is being exposed. I I think up front, you know, Salah and Mane have been so good for so long that, I mean, they were due for some kind of down period. I I don't think Firmino Firmino has been like a contributor in terms of goals and assists as much. So I'm I'm not sure that that is something new, but I, I think that, Long term they're gonna be fine. Mane and Salah are gonna to be towards the top of the scoring charts at the end of the season. They will go on a run and they will score, you know, a couple hat tricks here and there and you know, Liverpool will continue to be in the race. They're not gonna fade out to fourth or fifth place.
1: I don't know. Okay. I haven't coming I have them coming in fifth. <laughs> it's
0: cause you hate them. You do hate them. <laughs> uh Pete, you weren't here for it, but we talked about how good Fabinho's been. I think he's been one of the best center backs in the league, if not the best center back. Uh, watching him wrangle Marcus Rashford on a break and block off Bruno several times. He I thought he was unbelievable in this match. And I think that the fact that they have him there is is the reason that they can put Jordan Henderson back there and not really allow like uh you know, ship a ton of goals to a good counter-attacking team like United. But that being said, uh, Liverpool's definitely scuffling right now and there's a lot of excuses coming out. Most of them coming from Klopp himself. Um, and I think it's time for them. If they want to start winning, they need to start getting results. If they want to win a title. They need to get, re- they need to get results that are, you know, uh, one zeros, two zeros, et cetera. They had the slog next on Thursday and that's a big deal guys. Um, mm-hmm. You know, what it means we to talked me. a little
1: bit. We talked a little bit about the slog while you were gone, too, Pete. I, uh, you'll have to listen back, but oh, <laughs> I think I you know how my feelings are about Burnham. the relief
0: when you score a goal at the slog <laughs> is one of the best feelings in the prem. Uh, then you then they play United again in the FA Cup, and I hope they win. Because I don't want to play any further in the. <laughs> FA I don't Cup. want to play in the
1: FA Cup anymore.
0: <laughs> I don't want to play in the FA Cup. I don't want to play in Europa because the prem is too hard, and I want Liverpool to have to play in all the competitions and not win anything. Uh, but after that, they play Tottenham, they play West Ham. Like this is not a, a loser mentality, Tom. Then
3: they,
1: they, it's fine. They, Liverpool has a tough stretch. They they do. United in the FA Cup, mm-hmm. Liverpool. Yeah, no, Tottenham. Like you said, West Ham, At Man Tottenham. City. Leicester then they go and play Leipzig in the Champions League and then they play Everton yeah in the the derby I think that's that's a bad stretch
0: like you got to figure out how to score now like they I mean everything else aside we've been watching their games and those misses that Salah is is missing where he's in the center of the penalty box are bad misses Mm -hmm. is it is
2: it the Salah misses or is it the fact that they're relying on Firmino to actually take shots now that, he That's the biggest problem he's, to me. I've never seen for me to take so along. many
0: shots yeah. in the last like three or four games, like in his whole career. Like he's actually he, always up there in shots. He, I think he averages like, like two point five a game. Really, i never like I'm yeah. just like, why is this guy shooting all the time? Like, he wasn't even hitting the frame on uh, against United. No, and I mean, he wasn't a danger of hitting the frame. No, it was so. Bad. I think yeah. Liverpool's scuffling. And if they can come out of that stretch we just described with wins, then absolutely. I mean, they, they could be title contenders. But right now, um, I think that everybody can agree that it goes City and then United and Liverpool are probably even there. Um, I don't know about you guys. Maybe I'm just talking out of my ass, but I think that's the way <laughs> it feels right now because United has holes and Liverpool well, has holes.
1: I mean, I agree with I, Pete. I mean, yeah, go ahead. No, no, you go.
2: I was just going to yeah. say, I agree with Pete. I mean, barring something ridiculous, I do think mm-hmm. that uh, Salah and Mane do come true to form and they do go on a run of of games where they score tons of goals.
0: All right, Pete. So I guess like with the way that Tottenham is finishing matches against bad teams, um, a lot of goals scored after the 80th minute. I think this is kind of like Jose Mourinho getting passed by by the modern game. I think somewhere around you know, 2011, 2012, the game kind of changed where you can't get away with as much hard tackling, uh, little defensive tricks you could use before, taking a guy's legs out when he's running down the wing that you wouldn't get a yellow card for. You now do. They call a penalty for absolutely everything. They want more goals. More goals have come into the game. And I think that Mourinho's style fits well for that early 2000s. Uh, where you could get away with a lot of one-zero wins, and you had the benefit of the doubt defensively. Now I feel like they don't get those. Um, it could be all that. Could be Mourinho, you know, trying to pack it in, and and you know, losing on penalties or getting too many yellow cards, where his team can't defend as well. Or James, mm-hmm. it could be because he doesn't have marijuana Fellaini in his locker.
1: You know, that's a narrative I can buy into.
0: Yeah, Marilyn Fellaini. Can't.
1: And, and Dyer just doesn't have the haircut to get
0: up there no. and do the same kind of job. Uh, didn't Dyer get a, a head wrap, Pete? He got a head wrap, right? Or is that Alderveld? Aldervell. Oh, man, see.
3: Actually, no, 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 no. It's Oh uh, See,
0: so you need a strong head wrap. Um. By the way, did you guys see the the divot in Hoiber's, uh shin? Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, game was it, Pete, where he had like a bullet wound in his shin? That, see, that was when you were
1: playing, uh, yeah. Was that Marine?
3: Uh, no no uh, no it was, it was no actually it was the um semis of the uh carabao cup,
0: carabao cup. yeah bradford guy maybe
3: yeah. the batty sh- brigade whatever their name was <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: to put the, the shoot your player with a gun in the middle of the field team sure sure <laughs> uh but anyway like- like Tottenham, I just I think that you can't win like that anymore. Um, and in terms of Mourinho, I, I think that you're there's just too many ways to lose games. You know, statistically, you're much better off trying to get that second goal than you are trying to hold on, especially with VAR giving away you know terrible handball goals. So um, well, you know, the, yeah, the I guess thing I, you
1: have to worry about though is that what a lot of this the Mourinho stuff and Mourinho's Tottenham is predicated on is. Sun and Kane continuing to produce, and they have been so far, but it's been wildly above their expected goals return. Yeah, but that's right? been, so,
3: if you look at Kane and Sun's entire careers, they're, they've always been above their expected amounts. So that's not this, yeah, just this well, year. Now, it's, this year it's more magnified because, well, Sun's, Sun's definitely been a little bit better, but Kane has been playing a new role. So I think that that I mean we're heavily relying on Kane and Son but I would counter with that if you look at Rashford and Bruno or if you look at Kevin De Bruyne or any other Mane and Salah the reason that team is struggling is because they're struggling. Yeah, so that's true. Uh, if I your mean, best would, players are struggling, you're not going to do well.
1: Well, I'm just saying it's not it's not so much about the struggle for me because if you want to you look at it that way I mean Sterling is underperforming his his XG and XA, De Bruyne is probably right around where his XG and his XA are. The thing that I'm talking about for Tottenham specifically is that you've, it's, you know, you have, even with Mourinho there and having a defensive setup, you're still, you're not finishing teams off in the way that you need to. And if Kane and Son regress to their XG XA, I mean, Sun mm-hmm. is way beyond his his expected goals returns. Uh, Kane less so, but still maybe above a little bit. But you know, Sun uh, hasn't hasn't been matching his high flying form from the beginning of the season so far. I'm just saying. Careful,
0: if we have any South Korean listeners, careful. They're not going to like that kind of talk.
3: I, I mean, it's just for a couple games for for Sun. He's hit, <laughs> he's hit the post four times.
0: Just saying. I mean, but
1: that's part of regressing to the to the XG. I mean, it's the same thing with De Bruyne not getting assists and us not, you know, because cause the guy on the end of the assist doesn't finish it. Well, when that happens, we draw West Brom 1-1, you know? <laughs> so that's, I mean, that's the kind of thing that can derail a title challenge. Uh, and that's what I see a little bit at, at Tottenham right now. I mean, that draw at Fulham is, was crazy. You shouldn't... Should never have happened.
0: <laughs> I, I agree, and I think that where we're heading is exactly what Pete said. Though is that if you had told Pete that you're going to be four points out of first place in mid-January, he would have taken it. And it's so crazy to me how much the narratives are changing now. That the the league is the table is so you know scrunched in um i think that we we were talking about liverpool failing but if they they win eight games in a row or you know six of eight or something like that it's just what happened with city where we were talking about them not doing well or they were sitting in ninth place uh with like three games in hand and then all of a sudden you're like oh my god they made up most of the games in hand and now they're the title leaders told you um, i was on
1: i want to mention i was on record with not being concerned
0: That's fine. You're going to get a Fred tattoo when United win the season. So I hope you enjoy that. Uh, Also, we found Fred has his own official logo uh, and website. So we can decide whether or not we're going to use that. I'm fine with just having Fred, the word Fred, tattooed. Um, Pete has doubled down and is looking for Fred and a PJ4 tattoo. Uh, We won't tell your wife, although she might discover it at some point. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'll leave leave the time conversation with this, uh, that the goal scoring – from the years 2000 to 2009, it sat around 2.5, 2.6. And then between 2010 and 2018, before VAR, it jumped up to 2.7. Um, it is now at 3.79 goals per Ooh. game. That is a massive uptick, and I think that Jose Mourinho needs to take that into account because just like with American football, where uh, going forward on fourth down is – is a better idea because you're more likely to get it because the rules favor you. Now uh, the European football, they're more likely someone's going to score again because of the way the statistics are. And it needs to be you because you're the better team. So I think that uh, Jose needs to listen to the pod. We do this all the time. You guys mm-hmm. never listen to us. We've, helped, we've managers helped managers don't... turn it around. Speaking <laughs> of managers <laughs> turning it around, um, it's not going to be Arsenal. Uh, Chelsea is in yeah. seventh place. On 29 points, and again, I mean, they're they're eight points out of first place, which I guess at this point is, you know, compared to everybody else, they're in seventh place. Chelsea went from early December, all those shutouts, all those clean sheets, and now they were apparently... Uh, Ken Lee on the edge of losing Frank Lampard if they had lost the Fulham match which they they basically it was even until the red card and I mean how do you feel Ken about Frank Lampard's chances of finishing the season
2: um I think if (laughs) finishing the season it was a long season Um,
0: (laughs) we're almost half. we're halfway
2: yeah, I mean it's a long season. Any season when you're the manager of Chelsea and how they go through <laughs> managers, especially. But when you were given the you know the keys to the bank account and you spent you know all of 250, 300 million pounds on players that are supposed to score goals and you can't put away teams at the bottom of the table. I mean, it's a, it's a big, big problem. I mean, I, 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 I personally think, honestly, even if they were. If they had three or four more points, even, and and they were st- like strewning together results the way they are now, he'd still be under a bit of pressure, I think. Um, I think he's still the manager right now, specifically because he is Frank Lampart. Um, if it were anyone else, I think he'd be gone. Um, but I think, yeah, I think he's been on borrowed time for for at least two or three weeks, maybe even longer behind the scenes.
0: All right, uh, James. Thoughts on it, Frank?
1: I think if he makes it through the window, then they might as well stick with him to the end. True. Um, but that—that's—that's that's imagining that they don't put together a string of like really bad results. Like I i agree that if they had—if they had lost that game, he's probably gone. Um. And it wasn't like that they crushed it like they probably should have. So, I, I mean, I think, what, what did I say? Did I say he was gone before the end of February uh, last time? <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not as confident in that as I was when I said it, but I'm not going to change that statement yet. I think that if the results don't go his way soon, then he, he's, he's a goner. I think he's still in jeopardy.
0: I mean he plays Leicester and then he has an think, FA Cup against Luton and then but I think Wolves is due Wolves they play Wolves in the 27th and then they play at the Slog like I mean the way Twitter's reacting right now is that he he's gone if they lose to Leicester which I, I, th-
1: I don't I think, think Brendan Rodgers is a much better manager than Lampard so I think that Okay. So I think he probably I mean that that's that sh- should be worrying uh, for Frank
0: Okay. Okay. I think that's, a that's probably true. I mean, Frank has a lot more talent, and I mean, if you guys are watching the Werner misses right now, I feel bad for him. Like he he's on a rival team, and I feel I bad, don't feel for, bad him. for him. Now, is it his bank account that you don't feel bad for, <laughs> uh, Doctor Pete? Your thoughts? Uh, Chelsea plays Leicester, Wolves, and Burnley. Um, going into February, they have Tottenham. I mean, that could be their last match. You think Frank survives this stretch?
3: I think they'll they'll get back on track. I think if you look at all the good teams that have struggled this year, they've then go on to run four or five wins in a row. So that that's they can win all those games. They will be favored in all of those games. Mm-hmm. So I think it's certainly possible that they go in a little run. I, I don't think they're done yet. They just have too much offensive firepower to just go out. And flame out in eighth or ninth place. But I don't know what gets Lampard fired. Their owner is so crazy.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, I, I I don't. I mean, the, Ken's right. The fact that they spent so much money makes you think that, you know, anything short of first place or like a deep Champions League run, and he's got to be toast, you would think.
2: Yep. Yeah. And then, like, think about it. We can, like, fast forward a little while. You fire Frank. It's like a bigger problem than just simply firing Frank and moving on. When a manager comes in, they want, he wants his guys. You're sitting on 300 million pounds of players that can't score in the league.
1: And, that <laughs> and they're should, overpaid. Uh, I'll guarantee you're assu- you they're overpaid. Yeah. And you're assuming that they're his guys too. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So- That's what I'm
2: saying. Like these, these might not even be Frank guys, but they're definitely not the next manager's guys. Yeah. And who, like what are you going to do? Like, I, I love it. Anytime this kind of stuff happens to Chelsea, it's always it's always a fun <laughs> a fun grin. In, in, a, in an Arsenal fan season, like there's grins are few and far between. Chelsea really <laughs> gives it to me. I love it. I hope he gets fired tomorrow, just so they can figure out the next conundrum, which is what do we do with all these players that nobody wants to play
0: with now. <laughs> I think I think that's the best uh, way to describe Chelsea right now is they are worth they're worth a grin, and not in like a I mean they're not in like you know 15th place or something like that. But the fact that they can't get these guys rolling, and once again, just like you know what we talked about in the offseason, the idea of having somebody up there at the top and who is buying players based on like FIFA ratings and stuff like that, rather than players that fit <laughs> in your system. When Chelsea was actually moving forward last year with you know Mason Mount and Tammy Abraham, and uh, I mean obviously Giroud was in there and he's been playing pretty well, and a lot of these players they're having to put him in now because those guys Havertz. Um, and Werner flamed out, but I mean, they, they're not building anymore. They're, they're, they just went forward and, and did, you know, football manager buy 250 million pounds of guys that seemed like they'd be good, but it doesn't necessarily fit into any kind of system. So, all right, let's get some more grins from Ken. What do you guys think? It's been a while, Ken. Is talking about um, Arsenal
1: going to get that for him? Is that what yes, you're... it will. It will. Because, you know, we, we call Burnley the slog. I think that Arsenal's new nickname is the Thief of Joy.
0: <sighs> That's a long one, though. Thief of my joy. There's a thief of my joy. I'll have you know that Arsenal, in the last three matches, has scored seven goals in the league and allowed zero. Just so you wow. guys know. And if we They're go back. further back, eight and zero. And They're they back. beat Chelsea. So, so Kenley, we talk a lot about turning corners and worrying about making a square out of ourselves. How? How do? How, where are you now? You guys talk about that a lot. Where are we now? Now that uh, I don't know if you saw, it, but Ozil escaped in a hot air balloon today. Thank um, God, to Turkey. Did <laughs> you see Mustafi's
1: send-off message for him?
2: Yeah, dude, I think he should be gone too. Just for the tweet. <laughs> oh, you like him so much. Get out of here too. You, you move it on. Bunch of players bow- bound and about defending this guy that don't ever play. Get out of here.
0: I like uh, Ask Ozel. <laughs> Do you guys uh, – again, I talk about Twitter, but he had Ask Ozel Like every Monday you can ask Ozel questions. And I'm wondering how heavy of a filter there is going on of questions he's going to answer because I can't imagine like Arsenal fans are like, oh, that wasn't when you had that assist in 2016. <laughs> like I imagine it's all about the <laughs> fact that he's hey, making hey, –
2: Remember when you played? Yeah, me either.
1: <laughs> Damn.
0: I think it's, I think it's just uh, like I, I'm, I'm just amazed. I, I'm just amazed that, you know, everybody on on the team, I guess this is just being a good teammate or whatever, but, like, this guy's been a cheerleader for months now, and if he is anywhere near the talent he been, that no, he's been getting Thomas, paid for. Thomas, I, can't, I can't let you go, go ahead, on. Jump in. Jump it. in. I'm going to let you. I'm just trying to get you right Go ahead. Has he been a
2: cheerleader for the team, or has he been – poking the bear that is the board this whole thing of like this i'm the most loyal player you'll ever come across are you though
1: are that's you? what Musta- that was those those were mustafis words don't put that on ozol
2: <laughs> <laughs> ozol said that plenty of times
1: oh, okay, i gave my loyalty
2: to this club i expected it back
0: ooh so Gunnar Soros, you think that was a PR move? I'm
2: sorry. I am sorry. <laughs> I, I just I cannot believe, and obviously none of us on this podcast right here know what goes on behind closed doors. I just find it hard to believe that cooler heads are, were not at least trying to prevail and adults weren't having conversations. Ozil was doing something categorically wrong to not touch the field on game day. I agree he was so I do not care about how how much you can tweet in your 250 characters and how many times you can spell loyal I do not care you are better at Fenerbahce I am better with you at Fenerbahce we are better with you there my only regret is that you didn't take Mustafi with you (laughs) in her suitcase I could I would rather spend that 7 million dollars on 7 million gunner sources than have <laughs> you in my stands for one more game. I'm not even going to thank Ozil for the memories he's made me so mad over the last 12 months. Good riddance.
0: I, I like that, Ken. I do. Like I I completely agree. Like I think everything he's been saying for the last like year really where it's like oh i'm such a big fan of the team like if if you were worth anything they would have put you in there you're doing something wrong i keep yeah. seeing that on twitter it's like oh they they shaded him and they did all this stuff like no they needed an attacking midfielder so badly a creator for one of the fastest forwards in the league to put balls through yeah like you, you are these former
2: players coming out in arsenals disrespected us I was like, shut up stay retired shut up no we haven't <laughs> No one's done anything to Ozil except for Ozil
0: done to Ozil. Now,
1: hold on. He was the victim of a knife attack.
0: <laughs> I think that was PR 2 That could have been set up. I don't, I don't know. I mean, who can't? God. I'm sorry that that happened, but I, it doesn't have
2: to do with soccer. So I don't care. I don't care.
3: Like, Was that the one where they, they were going to, they were threatening Ozil with a knife and then Kalasniak showed up and they're like, yeah. oh shit. They're like, we're
1: just, <laughs> We've made a grave mistake. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, so oh, oh, you didn't say Kalasniak was in the car with you. We'll leave. Oh, man. Whatever. I'm glad he's gone. I'm glad he's gone.
0: Well, I'm looking at his, uh, his profile right now, and I want to add this one to Pete's tattoo list if Manchester United win. I think Pete should have to get an Ozil tattoo, his logo. His logo is like a weird M with a circle in it. How, where are these guys getting what, – what does it take to get a logo? Like, do we need to get these kind of like, you know, Tiger Woods, TW, Jumpman? Do we need to get some of those? Well, I
3: don't think that we do because nobody cares about us. But, but nobody cares about us. <laughs> if, if Arsenal finishes in the top four, I'll, I'll incorporate Ozil into my top. Oh sleeve. my
0: Jesus. God. Wait, wait.
1: If Arsenal finishes in the
3: I'm top four, I'll incorporate Ozil into my tat sleeve.
0: Okay. And, and United win, right? That's not just if Arsenal make the top four.
3: Yeah, United have to win, too. Okay, okay.
0: Oh, okay. Wow. i okay, well, really worried a, for you. You
1: should go, go to Vegas and put that bet on
3: first.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're I you get mean, amazing yeah. odds on oh, that. Oh, we got to build that parlay. <laughs> That's a good parlay. I mean, at this point, I mean, Dr. Pete knows well, what, what you're Well, what do I want one. the
3: odds of me getting an Ozil tattoo? To <laughs> <me>. <laughs> I
0: I guarantee you're the only person with one. Uh, but, all right, let's talk positive, Ken. Are you ready to talk positive, or do we need to get more Ozil out of your system?
2: I've had a lot of my system for 12 months. You guys okay. keep bringing them back up. That's Don't
0: true. Like Just it. to piss you Didn't off. Didn't sound like it. Two <laughs> minutes, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, so Arsenal actually win today, guys. Um, 3-0. And Ken, it's the kids. The kids did it. Pierre, Emmerich, Aubameyang, two goals, Ken, after missing like five uh, in this game. But scores a very you know Obama Yang goal yeah. uh where are we now what corner what are we doing
2: I mean, It's a corner it's just this team right now it the, there's just too many ups and downs like i i, I need to find a, a just a flat part of land to let this team cruise for a little while it it's just is too much up and down um the defense i mean for whatever that's worth i mean we're like not terribly bad when it comes to defending it's just like We can't score a goal and we've got the guys to do it. And now, luckily for Arsenal and myself, Saka, he spent the first like 10 games being in the 100% right spot, but didn't know what a goal looked like. Now he knows what the goal looks like and he's putting the goal in the back of the net. That's going to help. Alba scored two goals today. He had a smile on his face. He did his front flip. I mean, we just need confidence to keep building and There's not really much to say. I mean, we just... It results against teams that you should, just like today. I would have rather won the Crystal Palace game. We looked super lethargic, didn't have any kind of creativity at all. I do believe that uh, Smith Rowe, uh, he is the the answer for our um, creativity in midfield. And, you know, luckily for him, he is as good at soccer as he is ugly. And it works out, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh, he's very that. fast. He's very creative. He hustles a lot, and I think that the, the kids are linking up a lot. So if we just keep this going, you know, That's we, right we right string some
3: Bruno re- and Kevin De Bruyne. Ken's kids, we're turning me. the corner,
2: we string some results together, and you know, not for nothing, we're not that far away from. The That's European right. spots, just so I don't cause too much of a stir with you guys on oh, this
1: podcast. Well, well, hold on, because we'll what you're talking European about, scenes. what you're talking about, is Pete <laughs> getting a Ozil tattoo.
0: <laughs> tattoo. No, oh, I, mean, I mean, if I'm
2: Pete, if I'm Pete, and uh, you're, you're betting Arsenal getting in the top four, I mean, we've done it more than any team in in the league ever in history. So, I mean,
1: they've made it more important than any team in the league ever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Ken, it's nice to hear you buoyant talking about the kids. I'll give you another chance to say anything else you want to about the kids, anybody else that sticks out to you, anything positive you can say about Arteta, Arsenal, so that you'll come back next week.
2: Um, I mean, the positive thing with Arteta is I think he does have like the ability and maybe he got it from sitting next to Pep. He stays relatively calm. Like You never heard like any type of wavering from him even during the, the bad spots. So I think he is, he might be like, you know, he might be the one to at least get this group of of guys, you know, to get playing. And I think that we're good. I think the, you know, we we just keep this going. Like, I think like Pete's always saying, it's a very, very long season and arsenal for the, for you three is a very easy target. And you guys let like two or three games skids to find the whole season.
0: Well, actually, I mean, it's
1: not the whole season yeah. when you're, it's, ne- it's never the whole season when your goal is seven through 10. You're going to ha- be able, you're gonna, you're gonna be able to before. fight to, you're going to be able to fight towards that till the bitter end. We're dealing
2: with a club in Manchester City that's been a club for 10 years of any type of matter of worth and a, a team in uh, Tottenham that, you know, now they've finally finished, like they're finishing good all the time. Like you'd think that they've been doing it their whole lives. They forgot about what it's like to slog it down <laughs> in the middle of the table.
1: A club of fickle fans that ran their club legend manager that made them relevant out of town. Got it.
0: Get over yourself. I'll just I'll end the Arsenal conversation by saying this. After they beat Crystal Palace, I saw a really good tweet that said uh, Arsenal, with their draw today, uh, move out of 11th place up to 11th place. I thought that was really funny.
2: And we got- well, we're in 10th place, so that's wrong.
0: But Now it's 10th place. That's true. And now, I mean- Kenley, and now, Kenley, Easy. I don't want you to get too excited, but you are only a win away from sixth place.
1: Now, wait, hold on now. I want to temper that excitement. I want to temper that excitement for you because. Because uh, Aston Villa, Villa has twenty-seven is,
3: games in hand. Aston
1: <laughs> Villa is a point behind Arsenal with four games in hand. <laughs> I would have. I'm not joking. More, it's four games.
2: Oh my! I would be God. more concerned with the four games in hand if seventy-five percent of their
3: team didn't have COVID. Like that's true. Yeah,
1: that's the only reason that you should. Yeah, that's the only reason that they're not going to be in the top four. They'll still be ahead of Arsenal.
3: How yeah. are they going to finish their season, man?
0: Not a, it's just gonna be four it's gonna be four games in four days at the end of the season it's gonna be like <laughs> 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 <good> boom boom <luck, laughs> <guys>. yeah <laughs> if you win all of them you're in europe if you lose all of them you're relegated good luck
1: which would be fair <laughs> for the way that they actually even stayed in the league last year
0: very true very the true we don't tomorrow. forget we don't forget no, um never. well i have to we have to talk about leicester next because we really haven't um and they're they're in like a, a third place like a real live third place. Um, Let's do
1: it quick though, because to me, Lester all, is up. the team in third place, but they're just like a, a beige, their manila folder taped to a beige wall. That's what <laughs> Lester is. I, like the only thing we can talk about is will Jamie Vardy score? Yeah, he'll probably score on a counter attack and that's it. That's all they like have that. to their team
0: like and that. a
1: penalty. That's it. Yeah. Can we change? Can they win a penalty? And can they hit a counter attack through Jamie Vardy? And then if you, when you once you've talked about that and the fact that they're somehow in third place, Okay. That's all you have to talk about.
0: Uh, I think Jamie Vardy will score against Chelsea, <laughs> and I believe it will be on a penalty. So is that... <laughs> the Checks the boxes, well, I mean,
2: To fairness to the, to the Leicester City fan that might be listening, their last game, I mean... Are you out one there, of the scenarios John? Happened, the but... Leicester
0: fan?
1: John Lester, the Lester fan.
0: Oh, that'd be great. All right, guys. So let's wrap it up. Um, the Premier League looks awesome right now. Manchester United is in the first place slot. So, and not not on not we're not co champions or anything like that. If if you know, COVID, you know, they had a terrible strand of COVID. They had to call the season. You can throw another title up for Manchester United. We are not scared at all about Manchester City charging us Game down. In hand in the next um, 80 seconds here. Um, <laughs> and we're not scared at all about dropping like two games in a row and that putting us in like 12th place. We are not scared of those things. Um, this season has been a ton of fun. The narrative swings so much from week to week and game to game, which is why I think all the managers need to listen to us because we have the answers and we can mm-hmm. only say it so many times. Um, True. Especially with Ken. Craig, Craig will only allow us to say it so many times. <laughs> Before, Craig's. Mm. Ken, Ken being back is big. If they listen, if Arsenal had listened to Ken, 12, 18 months ago or so, uh, I think they'd be in a better position. Um, we'll see how Dr. Pete handles Mourinho packing it in against, uh, you know, Wycombe against Wycombe in the fourth round here. Uh, That'll probably be pretty frustrating when they get their goal and they pack it in. Um, James and I we're we're doing fine. We're okay. Uh, James is optimistic. I'm I'm hanging in. I'm enjoying the ride.
1: Well, that was fun, wasn't it? Unfortunately, we are having some technical difficulties, and so I'll have to stand in for Thomas uh, for our usual goodbye message. Uh, hopefully we'll get back on track because I don't like doing this, but uh, thank you for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode where we rile up Ken even more, talk about some interesting results that you may not be aware of. You probably are. you beat Liverpool.